Hello everyone in the podcast universe, this is Gayish. The podcast that does not recognize the authority of Blake Lively. <laughs> what? It's because she's with your man, right? Yeah. Okay. No, it makes sense. Bitch. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And right now, we're bridging that gap out in beautiful Index, Washington? We are in Index, Washington, which... Like I told you yesterday, gross to know these kinds of things, but there's a very good chance that I was conceived in Index, Washington. Uh, you don't I want don't me to share this want, with the audience? No, right? no, I didn't want you to share it with me, much less. My mom that we were hanging out with before, she got fucked in the vagina <laughs> here in 1978. I just am consistently reminded that your family tells each other way more than my family tells each other. Um, we came out here with a group of friends... And uh, we're spending Memorial Day weekend here. And Mike, while we're here, we have some serious questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're trying to support our friends through some pretty difficult stuff that they're dealing with in their personal life. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, I don't know when exactly it started. Uh, I don't know how it it you know when each of them figured it out. But they are all Dungeons and Dragons players, right? Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's rough, you know. When you know deep down from the moment you were born that that this is just who you are. You play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And they're all over 30. It's a little late in life to come out. It, yeah. And yeah. They've missed out so much of their experience that they could have had at a younger age playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. They've had to play Monopoly. Yeah. They've had to play Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, other kids got to play their games, but it just wasn't socially acceptable for them to follow their game playing passions yeah society can be a bitch like that yeah yeah so we are going to talk to our dungeons and dragons group about what it's like to be a nerd when they first admitted it to themselves do their parents and family know how did they react are they out at work are they at work so we're gonna get some really juicy you know deep deep insight that's right we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna Dig into the rectum of their brain, like deep inside. Yes, yes. We're going to we're going to roll initiative, and they get a surprise round. I, I don't. I don't know. Mike, you're a dungeon master. I'm a dungeon master. Which there was one year that this group. So I'm a dungeon master. If you don't know people out there, that's the person who is sort of the the adjudicator. Or you can think of them as God in this fictional universe uh, and runs the rules, presents the scenarios, decides, hey, if if Kyle wants to try to break that door down, what? how do we decide if that succeeded or failed? That's, that's what the Dungeon Master does, or the DM does. And a couple of years ago, we had everybody dress up as their Dungeons & Dragons character for Halloween. And of course, I don't play a character, I'm the Dungeon Master. Do not Google for Dungeon Master <laughs> costumes because I, there is just there is some shit you do not want to see in that. It's I can imagine ninety percent of shit that is like you like you just never wanted your eyes to have to know that that's a thing. It, yeah, I, I mean, I like you would think that playing Dungeons and Dragons and being the Dungeon Master was. I mean, it's full leather suit with a with a gag ball and and a cat of nine tails and I don't get why someone decided to call it Dungeon Master because that's very BDSM-y to me. Well, it came, so it started in the seventies, and I don't know if Dungeon Master the BDSM thing 
I mean, there was no internet. How would how would people know? How would nerds know what <laughs> what that community was about? Which came first, the leather or the Lance? Lance. <laughs> sure. Um I'm new to the D&D community. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I've been I've been experimenting a little bit. Yeah. And I've found that it fits me well and I haven't told that many people about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it you kind of feel like you found a home, right? Yeah. Like and you you are worried about the judgment of other people when you tell them that you play D&D. Yeah. Um although I had a really great experience recently. I usually don't tell people. Yeah. Um, cause that is my personal business. Yeah. Like gay, yeah. fine, great, super gay, put my dicks in dudes. Yeah. They put, like that's fine. Dicks plural? I mean, this shit gets crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but D&D, mm-mm. Yeah. That is a very personal information now. And, um, but I had a really great experience where it's like, there's always this awkward moment when you're talking to people about your, like, you know, the, your plans that night. And you're like, oh, I'm hanging out with friends. And they're like, oh, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, game night. <laughs> That's my lie. Oh, wait. What game are what you going to play? <laughs> and then the decision is, do I say, do I say that I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons and reveal this information? Or do I say, make up a lie and say, well, we're playing Settlers Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Yeah. And and then like in your mind also, you're you're thinking, okay. Is, what has this person said or done that might imply that they are okay with or not okay <laughs> with Dungeons and Dragons, right? Exactly. Like, like do, do they wear glasses? Um, have they ever carried around a 20-sided die that I've seen? Uh, yeah. Have they talked about Star Trek recently? Is that an English to Elvish dictionary on their desk? <laughs> have they ever spoke Klingon to me? <laughs> <laughs> do they know who William Hunt is? What's the name of that guy who I didn't know and clearly still don't know who he is? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton is. Oh my god. I'm Everybody, new to this community. <laughs> I hope we learning. don't lose subscribers over this and Kyle does not know who Will Wheaton is. Will Wheaton. Great. Okay. He's like... Nope, we're breaking up. This is the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know now. <laughs> okay. Am I back? You don't... You could just... You just now couldn't say it. I was close, right? I don't know what... <laughs> I was in the ballpark of Will Wheaton. Um, I had a great experience recently, though, where I, you know, had that moment of like, oh, I'm going on, you know, this weekend with friends. And they're like, oh, what are you doing? And I like, you know, my mind raced and I was like, well, I'm in a D&D group and we're going to go and we're going to play D&D. And I got the best reaction. Someone was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. She told me that when she was in college, she was so jealous of the uh, LARPers that she would watch them from a little cabin. <laughs> and they thought that, like, she wanted to participate but couldn't. And they and then they thought that was creepy, so they made her leave. <laughs> so I actually got... People will accept you. People will still love you, even if you play Dungeons & Dragons. Yep. Yep. Absolutely true. It gets better. It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so you also... You just threw out a term there in case people don't know larp is live action role play so you talk about people who dress up like fantasy characters and go and fight each other with with foam weapons in the forest yep uh, see i'm at least nerdy enough that that is part of my vernacular you just throw without, out there without explaining it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, good catch um yeah so i think we're going to take a little break and then when we come back we'll be with our first uh first dungeons and dragons What's a person who plays Dungeons and Dragons? A player? 
with our first player character with our first D and er yes let's take a break we're back we're back we are sitting here with matt so um thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast really yeah. appreciate it are you worried about who's going to hear this uh no i don't i don't think so you're not no. worried that people are going to find out you play Dungeons and Dragons and then start like treat, you? treating me differently yeah. now yeah. that they know. Yeah. I, you know what? Like I uh, work in a place that is very nerdy and like often talk about Dungeons and Dragons in the break room. Oh. I find. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, so it's, yeah, so it's pretty normal. So you're already out at work. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when did you first know it was okay to talk about Dungeons and Dragons at work? Oh, oh, that's tough. Um, I think I may have heard someone else talking about it, like in the break room. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you play D&D? I play D&D. And then we talked about our D&D campaign. They say finding another person so that you have an ally is really important to this process. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. Um, we're going to, I'm going to ask something really personal. Sure. Um, we'll see if you're, you know, if you're willing to go there on this podcast. When's the first time you had a and d experience? Oh, uh, well, I was a teenager. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, started, which I think is probably pretty common. It's pretty common. Started yeah. young? Okay. Yeah. yeah. A I, bunch I, of feelings you don't quite understand. Uh-huh, like, that's uh-huh. the age. Yeah, I feel like some people realize it earlier, perhaps. <laughs> some realize it later. Uh-huh. But uh, for me, it was when I was a teenager. Yeah. yeah. How did it first feel to actually be able to... To play D anD D, great. Um, you know, I actually the first time I ever played was at summer camp of all places. Oh, oh really? <laughs> was with also very common. Yeah, right. It, it was. Uh, I worked um, uh, during summers at a Boy Scout camp, and there were a lot of other like camp counselors that uh, like. I don't know, in the evening when we had time off, we would play D anD D. Were you self conscious about it at all? Were you worried about you know? exploring that part of yourself well i think it was technically like they didn't want people playing uh for some reason in the rules it even said like do not play uh dungeons and dragons or something like that which i wonder if that's maybe like a holdover of it being considered like uh like morally wrong or like satanic or yeah. you know like yeah. you're corrupted yeah. if you're playing well, D&D. Uh, you grew up in Kansas, right? That's right. Do, yeah. Do, do you think that because of where you grew up it was a little more difficult? Maybe so. You know, um I can say I never talked about playing Dungeons and Dragons at work uh when I lived in Kansas. So mm. so it was after moving to Seattle. Uh, different culture there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh are, do your parents know you play Dungeons and Dragons? Um, it's come up in passing, but I don't really think they understand what it is. Like, it's just a complete, like, foreign world to them. So they're not Um, unsupportive, they just maybe don't quite get it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's accurate. When you do talk about it, or when you bring it up, do they say anything back? Do they ignore it? What's their reaction like? I think it's mostly ignoring, and when... Generally, if we we do refer to it, um, just say like you know we we had some friends over, we played board games, that sort of thing, because they get that. 
but uh, the specifics of D and D, I don't, I don't think they would necessarily understand. Not everyone wants to know about all the specifics of it. Yeah, you know, especially when you're outside of that world, I think that can make you uncomfortable. Or yeah, like a know. critical hit could be confusing to them. That's right? true. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people say that um, you know Dungeons and Dragons, you, you're sort of leading a double life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about your character. Oh yeah, um, my current character is Glenn, um, which is, uh, he's kind of, uh, uh, like a yokel in a sense, I would say he's a, he's a half elf raised by his, uh, human father. Doesn't really know his mother who is full elf. Um, and yeah, he's a ranger. So he's really good with a bow and arrow. He has an animal companion, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like every time I've ever played the character I create is I, I guess like a extension of me mm. to a certain extent, but like not outright me. In what way is this character like you and unlike you? Wait, cut. It's Glenn. He has a name. I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should be using the proper nomenclature <laughs> out of respect. Uh, yeah. D&D visibility. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag yeah. D&D last matter. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In in what ways is Glenn like you and unlike you? Um, I hmm. I come. I I, you know. I feel like I I come from a small town. Uh, kind of a like uh like all American corn fed sort of background. So I think like the the fact that he's like a farmer Mm. and is um kind of comes from like a, a simpler life, right? That, that that fits. That said, he's like way more socially awkward than I am for sure. Like he's, it's a very nervous character, which is, is, is really fun to play. We talked about being at work. Yeah. How about not at work? Do you talk about D and D with your other friends? Um, I, yeah, a little bit. Um, most, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, it's a pretty like, nerdy kind of dorky thing to play right um and i feel like i have a lot of friends that are you know, also pretty nerdy as well so I, I i feel like it's it's very easy to talk about with them so what do your friends do that are nerdy and dorky do they play D or do they do other things um i mean i have a lot of like improv friends so it's a lot of like comedy friends um that are very into comedy like like talk about comedy a lot. So I feel like to a certain, in a certain way, like that's a really like nerdy obsession for them too. Um, and in a sense, like D and D is like doing improv, you know, to a certain extent, cause you're collaboratively storytelling. So, well, and, and improv is another sort of underrepresented fringe group that gets discriminated against. So yeah, yeah it's, it, yeah. You're oh, sort of a double definitely. minority that way. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand improv, like think it's like stand-up comedy or something. Um, just a slightly different topic. I, I wanted to ask, when you're walking down the sidewalk in the middle of the day, do you think people can tell that you play D&D, or do you pass as a non-D&D player out and about? Hmm. Oh, that's tough. I definitely don't. So so I feel like a non-D&D player, and maybe this is wrong, but um, like a non-D&D player to me 
this is a safe space. It's uh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. We can talk about this. <laughs> so like, yeah. So like a non D and D guy to me is like a jock mm-hmm. in a certain sense. Right. So yeah. tough guy, maybe goes to the gym a lot. I don't know. And I don't think I really pass as a non D and D player in that sense, mm. but I, I don't know if, if someone would, you know, look at me and immediately think, Oh, he plays D and D. So maybe they might have suspicions. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So what's what's one thing that people think people in general think about D&D players that is just totally not true? Yeah, I think something that's just not true and you know could be true for some D&D players I I imagine is like there's the stereotype of like you're playing in a basement um like like your parents basement right <laughs> and um it's like people who play are like antisocial or just like you know never go outside or or things like that and i you know i don't i don't think that's true it might be for some but i don't know it's it's not true for us it's like the representation in media doesn't always fit whatever like i feel like that's how media portrays a dungeons and dragons player and that's just a stereotype yeah, I think in the media, you know, the most recent example I can think of seeing D&D is probably in uh, Stranger Things, like the kids oh, yeah. in that play D&D. Mm. And it is it is in their basement, right? And um they're kids, so you know, the it's a little different, but definitely, you know, it, it's playing into that stereotype to a certain extent. A couple of quick questions. You and Carly recently got engaged. Yeah. Carly is in our D&D group. We're going to talk to her a little bit later, but has she ever outed you to other people without you deciding like just the way that you act in, you know, in society with your friends? Yeah, maybe so. I feel like, you know, sometimes she might be a little more reserved um, about it than I am. Really? Um, which. That's not what I would, knowing you two, that's not what I would expect. Yeah. I would ex- she's she always. She seems way out. Yeah. More boisterous, more Willing to just go there with people. Like her character's boobs, way out. Yes. Yeah, just all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, she's definitely um, more outgoing, more extroverted than me. But but I don't know. I've We've been in some situations where I feel like she kind of beats around the bush about playing D&D. Mm. Um, where, where it's come up. And I felt like I was a little more forward than her. Interesting. So I don't know. She may have a different story. but <laughs> no, this is, Yeah, we'll have to ask her about that. So I think we have to wrap this up, but uh, first I, I wanted to ask you just um, for anybody who's out there listening, they think that they might want to play D&D, but they're a little bit afraid of just taking that next step and being themselves. Uh, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I think just surrounding yourself with people who are supportive of it or want to play as well is really important because... Uh, for the longest time as a kid, like I, I wanted to play, but like didn't have, you know, other friends that were interested or didn't know how to broach the topic or, you know, so I think it, um, it really just helps to have fellow D and D players around you. And how do you find those people if you don't see them out everywhere? Oh, um, I mean, you could go to a like a, a board game store for mm-hmm. sure. M- many of them have uh, nights, you know, where specifically you can go and try out D and D or D&D you know try night. other games, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I, you know, I think, yeah, going to a place like that um, could be a good way to do that. It's good advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Build a community. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your bravery. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and we'll be back with Carly next. Yeah. We'll be back. We're back. We're back. We're now here with Carly. I'm here. Hi, Carly. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> You're so happy. Yeah. I'm very happy. If you don't mind. No. Oh, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no? Shoot. No? End of interview? Okay. It's over. <laughs> um, I want you to tell us the first time you played D&D. I had a friend who was in a fraternity who was very into D&D, and it's the reason that I was ever interested in it at all. So sororities host events that all the frats participate in in order to earn money for their charity of choice. We had a big soccer match, and every there was like pairs of girls, or more than pairs of girls, and they would be in charge of kind of like pumping up the guys. It was very stereotypically gendered. Like the girls go and wear like skimpy outfits and are like, yay, we love sports, <laughs> and we like when men do sports. Aren't you guys going to be great at sports? And we were paired with the sober nerd house. Like it, there was another sober house that was Christian, but this was the sober house that was like board games and video games, and that was who I was paired with, which was like very good. But so we saw him play D and D with his group of Theta Chi brothers on a number of occasions, and so I was familiar with it, and I really liked the concept that. It's a choose-your-own-adventure novel, but in real life, I was, like, that really appealed to me. So, shortly after Matt... Let me ask you, what was it like seeing someone else get to play this game that you wanted to play, but couldn't? Well, I don't think it was that I couldn't. I think there were... I didn't know that I wanted to really play it yet. Like, I had the inkling of, like, oh, this looks cool, but I had... I'm a long processor. I have to think about things for a while. And... I think I threw up my own barrier, which is I was a sorority girl at USC, and that was, like, a very nerdy thing to do. And I, like, put up a barrier of, well, I can't play this game. So to me, it was not, A, I didn't know if I wanted to do it, and B, I didn't think I could anyway. So you didn't didn't experiment with it in college, but you you sort of... (laughs) Started being curious. Exactly. Maybe, I was D&D it. curious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you and Trevor were my first. <laughs> but I had I had thought about it a lot in college. <laughs> so, so, so what was it like then the first time you actually got to play? Was it everything you thought it would be? Was it different? Well, I think I learned very quickly that we did not play D&D like anyone else. Or at least... In a way, like the way that Mike DM'd, it seemed like we were throwing a lot of wrenches in his path, which was that for me, it's very much about character arc and world building and less about murdering everything. I had a character named Feather for many years, and now I have a second character named Veluspa who we're currently playing. And I don't know Veluspa well still yet. I don't know very much about her. Like, I don't know what she's like. So it was kind of strange for me because I didn't know what to do and there's still like that barrier of like i'm doing a really nerdy thing and like how far do i want to go into this like am i gonna go balls deep like i like probably should so do you think you as a woman have a different is D different for women than it is for men 
I think it depends on the person. It. I don't think that it's necessarily a men versus women thing. I think it's what you want in a game. I think there are a lot of men who don't necessarily want to play like first person shooters and would rather play. You know what was a great game was Mist. Yes. And like my grandpa was so into Mist. Yeah. And like that, I feel like there are a lot of people that would pick that kind of thing over just like killing everybody and then getting like a stone that means you're great. Right? That's how video games work. I don't know. I don't, oh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm nerdy ish. But you're not, not video games nerd, but you're nerd. a little video games oh, nerd. Oh, yeah. 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 Big time. Anyway, I don't think it's about men versus women. I think it's what you are looking for in a story. I, I mean, you're reminding me that there's no one right way to be a and d player. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. So everyone should find what speaks most to them. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be the stereotypical D&D player. I will say that our friend who plays D&D, she lives in North Carolina... She said that once, her D&D group, they were in like a castle and they all stood at a different door and then they all kicked them in simultaneously. From what I understand, that is not a great way to play D&D if you want to remain friends with your DM. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Pro tip, don't split the party. Yeah. Don't split the party. (laughs) Yeah. It just becomes infinitely more complicated. Have, Have I come out yet that I'm their DM? Yes, we talked about that at the beginning because we talked about how funny the phrase Dungeon Master was. You're right. It is. It's also hot. I think it's hot. Wait, the name or Mike in that role? Both. Mm. Both. You are... Is do you, maybe there's like this subculture of D and D players who there's this interesting dynamic between the more assertive. But do you uh, think like the they're DMs and there are players? Yeah. And you, yeah. You need I to, mean, like, I don't think that fun dynamic. I don't the think two. that's Dungeons and Dragons specific. That's power, right? That's authority. Like that's always hot. Yeah. Anyone who yeah. always sexy. Yeah. You but don't no, have to be a D player to get it. All you got to yeah, do is tell me what to do a little bit. I, I've heard there are power players. Oh, yeah. Our friend was a person who, he knew exactly what he wanted to get out of the game, and so he, like, took us there, so I just wanted to loop back. Those power players. You know, they know what they want. hot. So we talked a lot about kind of your first experience with it, Um, but what's it like (laughs) now? (laughs) What's it like now being an out D&D player? Well, it, I mean, you do have to, so, even in talking to people about, they're like, what are you doing for Memorial Day? I'm like, okay, get ready. I am about to tell you how nerdy I am. So you kind of feel the need to brace people before you talk about it. Why do you do that? Well, I think especially because I just started a new job. And I had previously at my old job, like everyone knows, like how big of a nerd I am. (laughs) Everyone's aware that I play D&D almost every week. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that I have a museum studies master's and all that kind of stuff like that. I have a pretty big history of being a big old nerd. Um, but at the new job, no one knows that. I've only been there for a couple of months. Only a couple of people like have really heard me talk about these things because uh, I don't sit as close, and so I don't have as much conversation with everyone, mm. um, and so it doesn't come up as organically. As you guys know, I talk a lot. <laughs> I'm I can have conversations. So if I'm sitting near someone, all these things are going to come up. But just because of how it works, it hasn't, and so I do feel like. For my for my own sake, I say like I'm a big old nerd. I like come out before I come out, right? Mm. I'm like I'm a big old nerd, and now I'm going to tell you how much of a big old nerd I am. But I mean, you probably already would have guessed. A lot of people think that once you say I'm a D and D player, like that's it. 
Yeah. It's not true. You have to keep saying it over and yeah. over again. So and it's, you might have been, everyone at your old office might have known, but this is a new office and yep. it's a new barrier. Yeah. And, and new... everyone forgets you don't automatically know that about a person. So like you that constantly have to player. tell someone you're a D&D player. Yeah. And I also think there's also a different uh, feeling in this office versus my old office. My my previous job was at a nonprofit that had a lot of social workers, oh, yeah. and they were all very like, "Oh, this is your thing. I I appreciate it and validate you and your choice of your thing." And now I work in vaguely construction kind of situation, mm-hmm. and so it's a bunch of dudes, and some of them are older and like lived through like the golden age of D and D and like <laughs> the seventies. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, I did that too." Yeah. Uh, but a lot of them are just super butch and like tool belt, like I'm going to fix some <laughs> shit. Oh, that guy, I never, that's not a thing I get, you know? So yeah. it's also very different. Yeah. You mentioned something that I want to ask you about. Do you think being a D&D player is a choice? <laughs> <laughs> sure, you could play other board games, but it wouldn't feel as good. <laughs> and you know it. A part of you knows I mean, that. Okay, so I will admit that a large I enjoy D and D, but a large part of what I like so much about playing D and D is being with you guys yeah. and like making dinner and like hanging out together and like getting pretty fucking drunk. Mm-hmm. Are we saying fucking on this podcast? Oh, yeah. oh okay, getting pretty fucking drunk <laughs> and like. If we, I mean, we often do that and play other board games, and I don't feel like I'm lacking anything because, you know, it's not an RPG or whatever. But maybe you just might be someone who's willing to explore any kind of game regardless of what that game is. Sure, sure. So maybe that's just you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm open to all game experiences. Yeah, okay. And I also think that, like, I will say that I think, uh... There probably are certain types of people that are attracted to D&D. What are what are some of those signs? Like, oh, what God. are the what are the stereotypical characteristics? Okay, okay, if we're just gonna talk about stereotypes. Yeah. Like, you know, uh cape kids, indoor kids, uh-huh. uh people that play Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Typically like men and um in my brain it smells bad and they're like drinking Mountain Dew and Cheetos. So when we were talking to Matt before... Oh, he's so sexy. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) um, I mean, I know it's true. My assumption, knowing the two of you, is that you would be the one that would be more willing to just talk about this pretty freely. But he mentioned, actually, he thinks sometimes you're more reserved about it, and he's more willing to be open about it. Oh, yeah. What? Oh. Tell me... That's true. Do you think Matt's too public about your D&D status? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we run in a pretty safe group, okay. but there's the inner sorority girl in me that's like, oh no, people are going to judge me on this. And so I won't need to wait until I know them a little bit better to like show them who, like the depth of my weirdness. But Matt <laughs> is just, he's, he's so mad, you know, <laughs> he, everything he does is at one level and he's just, there's no like. We're, it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a thing I do. I also do this thing. These are all things that I do. I th- I think he has way less of a problem just telling people, oh yeah, we were playing D&D last night. I'm like, wait, we don't know them very well. I was, Give him a second. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. I asked him that, but then he kind of flipped it when he said that he was the one that more told people. What typically happens is they're usually because of the kinds of people we're friends with and also the fact that we live in Seattle. Usually people are like, 
oh yeah, I've already, I've always been really interested in D&D. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, that sounds, what's that like? We showed them the pictures of when we dress up, when we dressed up on Halloween. <laughs> and that big dick I made. Okay, you have to explain that. The ogre, <laughs> you the can't ogre just dick? throw that out. And... Is that before you? Yeah. yeah the, oh, the big dick was definitely before Kyle. I put them in this prison. And in the prison was this ogre guard. And ogres are enormous, like giants. And they also have giant cock and balls. Because they're giants. Because they're giants. Because they're big. And I had to describe them because, of course, these fuckers asked. Describe <laughs> him. <laughs> So then Feather... What's he wearing? Does he look nice? <laughs> does, he seem, does it seem like he is here of his own volition? Or has another race enslaved him and we need to free him? <laughs> How hung is he? How hung is he? <laughs> yeah. So Feather... Von Whiskeystone. Feather Von Whiskeystone went up to the ogre and came on to him, which was often a method of attack. Boobs way out. Boobs way out. And she's a halfling, so she's like maybe four feet tall and this is like a many feet tall beast <laughs> and she's very athletic and acrobatic despite her double d cans yep yeah but yeah she like got all sexy with this ogre and and then lorena bobbited him cut oh, the no. ogre's penis off Bit. and then and then kept it so she had this ogre dick in her inventory and then you physically reconstructed yes. that so in real when life. They, when they dressed up for Halloween, she then made a real life. I bought knee socks okay. that are like of the stretchy like nylon. Uh-huh. And they came in a variety of skin tones. Uh-huh. And uh, so I picked the one that wasn't quite super pale and the one that wasn't like obviously really black. And I picked <laughs> in between. And I stuffed it with like quilters batting. And I tied it. And then I just kept slapping people in the face with it. It was really great. <laughs> in the game or in real life? Real both. life. Both. Both. <laughs> but um, both. <laughs> maybe, maybe after this you can post. How if you do? Like a, a, a home project. If you yourself want to construct a giant penis. But hmm. it's not useful for anything besides just like as a decorative object. So I have pictures from the Halloween. I think we should just decorative. post one. Okay, we have yeah, a decorative, bunch of pictures. Decorative. Yeah. Penis. Decorative penis. Everyone needs one if you have like a corner of a room that's looking kind of drab. You don't have to be a D&D right player up. to own a decorative penis. No. Everyone decorative can penises one. are for everyone. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about being a D&D player. We know that's, you know, really hard. I appreciate your bravery. Thank you. Uh, next, we'll be back with Sherea, the last member of our group. Yeah. Last but not least. Last but not least. All right, we'll be back. We're back. We're back. Hello. We're here with Shreya. Hi. How's it going, Shreya? Good. Great. We are going to talk about the very serious topic of Dungeons and Dragons. One of my favorites. How long have you been an out Dungeons and Dragons player? Well, I've been playing for over three years now. Yeah, I've been out that whole time. I think I excitedly told people about it as soon as I started playing with you guys. Oh, really? You were just like a shout it from the mountaintops. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I was always like an inner D&D nerd, but had never actually played D&D until I started playing with you, Mike. So when you did, there are a variety of different types of D&D players. Sure. 
And it sounds like you're the type that was so excited they wanted to tell everyone. Which some people get I mean, worried about that process. You know, you have to tell every mm-hmm. single person you know that you're a D&D player and Certainly. wonder how they'll react. And There are some friends that already know I'm a huge nerd. And so mm. it would be no problem telling them. There are some people in my life who know that kind of about me, but might be surprised to learn that I play a tabletop role-playing game. Mm. It's like pretty hardcore nerd. Yeah. Mm. Um... I just came out as a nerd to a new coworker two days ago, and she was like, oh, you're a nerd. Okay, this makes sense. <laughs> Do you think that changed the way she interacted with you when she knew? No, I think it's just a, another piece of information. Huh. I don't think it would change interactions, but she was confused. She was like, so wait, no part of it is online? I was like, <laughs> no, actual friends in person. You know, there are so many misconceptions about what you know, being a D&D player means in totally. our, like, modern society. Yeah. That, you know, it makes sense that there's some, it's not always online. Right. I was like, I am totally 100% fine with the label of, like, I am a huge nerd. And it's a little less nerdy because I'm basically just getting drunk with my friends every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So uh, you are a um, mental health professional. I am. If a patient wanted to say that they play D&D, mm-hmm. would you let them know or not, oh, I play D&D too? Yeah. Um, either I could go either way. Sometimes in the moment I might make the decision based on the relationship with, that I have with that person of like, it would help this person to know that I do that too. That they're and in a so safe I would space. share. I would share it. To, yeah, to let them, part of that is to let them know that they're in a safe space, because I understand what you're talking about. Um, I could less explicitly say that I play D&D just by, like, dropping some, like, D&D lingo. I could be like, oh, like, what race and class are your character, you know? So I could say not, oh, yeah, I totally play D&D too, but just kind of let them know. You know, I think in the world of D&D, there are subtle hints that you can drop that maybe mainstream non-D&D players wouldn't pick up on. Right. And, you know, totally. the, the words you use can sometimes be a giveaway that you're that you're out and supportive. Totally. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in suburbs of Seattle. A, a, a pretty accepting... I think so. I was saying earlier, I grew up going on camping trips with my parents and playing card games. From, like, I think I learned how to play Pinochle when I was four years old. So you learned from an early age that it was Playing okay to play games and good. be a nerd. Totally. Yeah, which I think is rare. You know, not everyone gets to grow up around a supportive household, mm-hmm. around parents that are supportive yeah. of, you know, their child's, you know, who they are deep down. Yeah. So I think that's great that you were one of those people that I think so grew too. up in an accepting household. Um, tell us about your character. Roy is a small, androgynous gnome. I'm a bard, so I mostly play a lot of instruments, but I also like to tell epic tales. So I'm into a lot of, like, epic poetry. And I um, sometimes kill people by insulting them until (laughs) they're so damaged that they die. (laughs) <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> it doesn't happen that much anymore, but historically I have shamed people to death. 
Do you remember <laughs> one of your best vicious mockeries? Oh my gosh. No, is the short answer. <laughs> I I one time spent a couple hours on the internet writing down um, sort of Shakespearean insults. And I think that I I blew through those like months ago and have never done any more. And so mo- mostly in the moment I'm like, you suck, and I viciously mock you. So would you say, like, as a new spellcaster, it like you really wanted to? It was exciting. You yeah, did I put a lot, a lot of work first. into it. You put a lot of time and effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it starts to like it's less exciting when it's not new anymore. So right at the beginning, I thought about it a lot, yeah. and I was like engaging with it a lot, and yeah, yeah. And then it it kind of became more routine or normal yeah, it's just so, a part of who you are mm-hmm. you cast spells sometimes and you mock them to death it's <laughs> yeah. fine yep is it difficult playing a androgynous character like is it hard being the token post-gender D player <laughs> i don't i don't really spend too much time thinking about it that way you know we have some other players in our um in our band of heroes <laughs> that like to fuck a lot <laughs> and um namely who well fur <laughs> and veluspa which both is uh, like to fuck uh, a lot kyle and carly respectively kyle and carly. we we have yet to talk about Thur. why didn't you interview Thur real quick like introduce the audience so fur is a half orc mm-hmm. half human way less rapey than <laughs> full orcs full orcs. <laughs> full orcs. Yeah. yes we yep. do know that about thur but also thur really likes the pleasures of the flesh that's a great description <laughs> so you love it. fucking you love dancing you love drinking he's gay <laughs> murdering no you love thur, murdering thur is a like down and out straight dude yeah He's into the boobs. He loves the boobs. He loves putting his putting jingle in the their v. tingle. <laughs> jingle in the tingle. The only character I've ever been the DM for that has gotten an STD. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Thur is a little... Um, it works for the character because Thur is not so eloquent. No. But Kyle as Thur saying super straight stuff, you know... Mm, it's a little <laughs> like, like Thur doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he just he's a little brutish. This Br- is brutish. Th- like you, the, your facial reaction, like the way you, when you were talking about that, like you sounded like it might be a little unnerving to you to hear Kyle as Thor. A little, really? <laughs> Sometimes. Wh- why? Well, it's not unnerving. It's funny. It's the it's the. Um, are you trying to sound like a real straight being <laughs> right now? Do I honestly like, is, believe this is how a straight Is that how talks? straight people talk to... Is that how straight males talk to females that yeah. they want to fuck? Yeah. Oh. Your, your attempts to sound straight are failing. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> are you saying straight dudes don't walk up to ladies and say, like, hey... I want to get in you. <laughs> they don't do that? So, they might. They might. I mean, in some Bel- do. In Belltown, Bell- Bell- Depending on where you are. Hey, I, yeah, I, I see Yeah, I guess not vagina. in the circles I run in, yeah. I see your vagina doesn't part. have any penis in it. Would you like me to Would help you, you with that? Some? Could I fix that for you? <laughs> <laughs> 
So compared to Thur and Veluspa, Roy is pretty uninterested in sex. Right. Also, I just think about it in terms of like I'm small, brown, just kind of leathery skinned, <laughs> How like creature. I'm like two hundred or something. As a as a mental health professional, if someone out there listening felt deep down inside they were a Dungeons and Dragons player, mm-hmm. a cape but they kid didn't a cape kid is that what they're called? I don't know. I mean, it could be okay. <laughs> Deep down inside, they knew they were a cape they kid. They just knew. <laughs> <laughs> what would your advice to that kid be? Oh, yeah. I think that being who you are is the coolest thing. Hmm. Like, if you're afraid that something about you isn't quite right or that the ways that you're different make you bad, I would say... That we don't have to accept that as reality. The The option, the other option is being who you are and being yourself and the kind of confidence that just goes along with, I'm okay being myself. And you have to work at that. It doesn't just come naturally necessarily. It's a process over time. But if you, I think like, that's been my experience. When you get to be yourself, it feels good. When others accept you as yourself and find your community, go out and find the people who do accept you for who you are. Mm. That is what is the cool thing to do. I like that. I re- no, I re- yeah, I, I think that's a really great message. What's your journey then that now putting yourself in? Yeah. You've had to kind of go through these experiences and, you know, end up yeah. realizing what's deep down inside is yeah. that you like D&D. So it's kind of interesting because, like, as much as we were just saying, I grew up in an accepting family of nerds. Also, when I tell, when I sort of self-identify as a nerd in front of my mom, she'll be like, no, you're not a nerd. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, mom, I am a nerd and... I'm fine with it. I'm it great could, with it. Could be viewed as a derogatory word, but you're using it as She's the... saying, don't call yourself that. That's a bad thing. And yeah. I'm like, no, it's absolutely not a bad thing. It's who I am. She probably grew up in a time where being a nerd maybe wasn't accepted. Maybe it's the, the nomenclature. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We've, we've taken yeah. that word back, though, I think. I'm reclaiming it. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you. For being on the podcast and talking to us Thank about you DMV. guys. Thank you very much. Oh. Pre- we appreciate your bravery. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. So we're going to take a little break and then... Gays and straightest. Let's take a break. It's like the fourth time these bitches have heard this. Yeah. These bitches meaning people that are listening. Yeah. Go rate us, bitches. <laughs> oh, but I have to be nice again. Please. <laughs> Please, bitches. Was that nice? <laughs> Let's take a break. And we're back. We're back. We are sitting here with our full D&D group, who you heard in Vigily. But everyone's here. We're here. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Okay. We are here. We're... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, <laughs> so we're going to each do our gayest and straightest thing, which I'm really excited to hear about all of your gayest and straightest thing. You're judging us already. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's the most exciting part about this, is I get to just judge other people. Amazing. Yep. <laughs> but first, our, our site is gayishpodcast.com. Uh, we are on iTunes and Google Play and... Rate us. Subscribe, of course, because we're great and you want to keep hearing us. But then rate us so that we don't think you hate us and we keep recording things for you to listen to. Yeah. Um, you can make it into a song. 
Rate it, don't hate. Yeah, that rate don't that hate. Rate oh, don't okay. hate. Rate don't hate. Don't hate the rate. No, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it shouldn't be a song, is what we've decided. No, Great, just, just came to that conclusion. Okay. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at, at @gayishpodcast, and we also have a Facebook group. It's facebook.com/groups/gayishpodcast. Okay, so I'm gonna kick us off. Uh, I'm going to start with my straightest thing this week. My straightest thing is, so we're here in a cabin, um, and when the ladies pulled up their cars, I went out to go help them bring in, like, I felt this this manly, like, gentlemanly <laughs> duty that I need to carry heavy things. You said duty. I don't know. It's just being raised in Texas, and there's just, like, that feeling of, like, that is what a man is supposed to do is carry heavy things, which, like, if you really think about it, I think is actually offensive, because, like... But it's great. You but can it's ca- so great. But, like, manly. women yeah. can carry bags of things. But like, do we want to? <laughs> Feminism. Is it worth it? Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. No, always it's worth it. Okay, but right, right. Bags but sometimes. Are, it's nice to have men carry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I felt really straight in that moment. Um, the gayest thing about me, though, is anytime I go camping with this group, I <laughs> automatically feel like the gayest one of the bunch because, like, I don't like being outdoors or trees or hiking or sneakers. Like, it's just... <laughs> just straight things left and right like pooping where other people can hear you it's just i don't like it i I think just the fact that you're referring to what we're doing as camping (laughs) might be pretty gay because we are staying in a cabin we are we We have a roof over our head we have electricity we're recording a podcast (laughs) also are, are sneakers a straight a straight thing? Uh, Do no. only straight people? Uh, like straight it? dudes love sneakers. Like they're wearing like full, like nice attire, and then they're wearing like Nike shoes, and you're like, mm-hmm. really straight dude? Did like is that the shoes you chose for your life? But to, for me, that's like a context situation. Like if he was wearing sneakers to like run, stereotype, stereotype. Oh yeah, I think I no, think it's like stere- the context of sneakers are made for running, I not think, for wearing with a suit. I think stereotypically, straight dudes wear sneakers for Generally. all occasions, okay. and they shouldn't. No, mm. <laughs> they need varieties of shoes. For different occasions and different outfits. A variety of sneakers. No, you're not going to get convert me. I have seen Uh gold high tops, metallic gold high tops. Still not appropriate. That might be gay. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) you're right. I'll give you that. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, My gayest thing this week. Do we have to say? Like, do people know that you're Mike? Do people know our voices? Yes, our voices are pretty different. You're our friends, though. Oh, that's true. Um, also, we're sitting in a room with you, so we can see who's talking. That's too. true. That I think really helps a lot. Really different. <laughs> okay. Well, Mike is going to go next. I, Mike, oh. will be going next. <laughs> so, my straightest thing this week definitely was um, not what I was going to start with. <laughs> my gayest thing this week was getting here to the cabin when Kyle was giving me directions. And I just was the histrionic queenie gay. Like, <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to go that way. No. Like, he's reading the instructions. He can see on his fucking phone where we are and where we're going. And yet I'm like, are you sure? I don't know. Maybe. Like, super gay. And then you would, like, slow down real slow. And I'd be like, we have a time. Like, keep going. And, like, you, like, but you were, like, just very nervous and worried. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and my straightest thing this week is going to be when I was packing to come this weekend to the cabin. I have all these Tupperware things that have like my camping stuff in them. And I opened one and right on top was a sharp hatchet. <laughs> and I immediately thought to myself, great, yep, that's normal. Everyone has a hatchet just laying around and close my thing and put it away. I do not own a hatchet. No? No. We have a really sharp shovel. <laughs> that kind of counts. It's for pooping, but also for hatcheting? Okay, uh, Matt is next. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think my gayest thing of the week is just staying in a cabin with two gay guys. And, like, <laughs> I don't, the way we're recording this, like, we all had to, like, lean into the mic and kind of, like, yeah. stare into each other's eyes longingly. You don't um, sit closely on couches with your straight bros? Sometimes I think he might. Yeah, I mean, if there's that's the last seat available, <laughs> yeah. perhaps. But not not yeah. optionally. Yeah, he's also generally very, no. He's very close with his comedy bros. That's true. Oh. Yeah, we are very close. Uh, my straightest thing, after getting in last night and it got dark, like, I was immediately, like, I gotta start a fire. Got, gotta do it. And uh, started a fire, like, immediately. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's, like, just, like, a... Um, just naturally, like a primal thing for for dudes in general. It's, yeah. it's um, very butch. It's very straight. Uh huh. It's yes. I yeah. And yeah. thank God you're around because I, I I couldn't build a fire. I've tried. Doesn't work. <laughs> and I pour like all kinds of lighter fluid all over it and light my hair on fire. Like, <laughs> That's I, not good. No idea what I'm doing. The fact that you just like all Boy Scouty go out and do it. Love it. And then I got to sit in a circle and jib-jab, so <laughs> chit-chat, so that was fun. And none of us had to worry about yeah. making the fire. Mm-hmm. Carly. Okay, so so my straightest thing was last night I heteronormatively <laughs> called Kyle a virgin because he has not had sex with a woman, but that was very straight of me <laughs> and also wrong. <laughs> Obviously, Kyle, very handsome man. Not a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Long-term relationship I'm aware of. Yep. I feel like if you believe that you uh, have to have sex with a woman to be a virgin, you mm-hmm. should be introduced to me. And then you'd be like, I know you haven't done that, but no. Yes. You're not a virgin <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm the poster child. Yeah, true. And then uh, my gayest thing was also last night, Kyle and I choreographed a dance... <laughs> To the Cool Whip jingle. <laughs> and, then, and then performed it oh, yeah. around the campfire multiple times, yeah. all very enthusiastically. Well after the rest of us had stopped asking. <laughs> I'm very glad this is not a visual medium because no. I don't want anyone to no, see this. No, we can't do it, but I will say it involved a lot of like... With the running man, and also the thing where your arms like arc over your head in time with each other. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but it worked. Um, it was great. <laughs> my straightest thing might have been that dance because it wasn't great in gay standards. <laughs> like, I should have been better at but that. But I think the fact that we separated ourselves from the group and came back and were like, we, we created we, a dance. We have a dance and Fussy. all of you have to now watch it. It's pretty... That's true. It's I, what I would call like pretty like teenage musical theater of us. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, Shreya. 
Uh, the thing that came to mind as my gayest thing, and we've been really enjoying the sunshine this week, but before the sun came out, it was still, it was getting warmer, but it was still rainy, which it, to me is time for wool socks and Birkenstocks. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people make fun of socks and sandals, and I will defend it to the death. <laughs> but I feel like wool socks and Birkenstocks, my gay mom brought me to buy my Birkenstocks when I was like half my life ago. Wow. <laughs> I've had these Birkenstocks and I wear them with wool socks as much as possible, <laughs> including last week. Uh, my straightest good. thing. So I don't think, I don't know if this came up in the podcast or not, but we're doing our douche shot competition this weekend. Hasn't come up. So when we say douchey things, we give each other, we make each other take shots. Yeah. Like, what's an example? So, like, if you use a big word, like, <laughs> or a French word, we came up with this. If you say something in French, that's pretty douchey. We might start ch- chanting, do shut, do shut, do shut. Anything said in Latin. Anything said in Latin for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If it has more than, like, four syllables, you might get a douche shot. <laughs> uh, at the end of the weekend, we will crown the douche king. And I just made a crown out of a beer box, wow. a cardboard beer box, which I feel like making anything out of a cardboard beer box is a pretty straight thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it. This has been Dungeons and Dragons episode of Gayish. So thanks for joining us and check us out next week. Thank you very, very much for coming. Thank really you, everyone, for being on. We appreciate it. Of course. Thank yeah. you. Rate them. Do it. Thanks, Carly. You're welcome. Until next week, uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Uh, Be butch. Be fabulous. Be you. See ya. See, See you next week.